Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Koinonia Hour. As you can see, I have Melissa from Midnight Hour Oil, and I'm so glad to have you back on. I was, uh, we were actually recording a little bit before, but the connection was so crazy and it kept, the camera was turning on and off to the degree that it was ridiculous. So we stopped and we prayed. Amen. Because we believe there's some interference from the enemy. And so just in case, we want to also let you know that if it indeed, maybe for natural reasons, the camera or whatever goes on and off, don't pay attention to it. You know, we are the servants of the Lord. We're here to deliver a message. So pay, just yes. focus on the focus on the message. And if anything kind of kooky goes on, let's just let it go by. So we're going to pray again right now. And then we're going to go right back into it because she was already sharing and it killed me to have to interrupt her. But okay. So Father in heaven, we thank you that you have already heard our prayer beforehand. But Lord, just so everybody here is listening, Lord, we pray that you you will touch this message. It is a message from heaven. Mm-hmm. Dreams, messages, um, the revelation of things, Lord God, given to us, given to Melissa, and that Lord Jesus, that you give her total, absolute, free outflow of the Holy Spirit power. So that she's able to deliver these messages without any interference, that there be no interference anymore at all. Okay. Lord, that you touch the hearts of many and that, Lord, that you would be glorified and magnified in this hour. And, Lord, anoint the message and anoint us as your people. And, Lord, we thank you. We offer it unto you now. In Jesus' name, we pray, giving you thanks. Amen. 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 Thank you, Joni, for the prayers and uh, for having me on again to share some things that I believe the Lord uh, wants his people to hear. And mainly what I have to share are warnings. Um, As I was sharing earlier, my call, my ministry is to the body of Christ. The Lord showed me that years ago that that's what I'm here for. So typically when I'm given a dream, a vision, a message, anything, it's for the body of Christ. And so I, I shared a message yesterday, a dream I was given that pertains to the body of Christ. And it's a, it was a message on, uh, as soldiers, first of all, we're in a war and how we need to come into that place of humility in Christ in order to be hidden, in order to be protected in this battle. And, um, my uh, my husband was actually given a dream a couple days ago, and then I was given another dream last night. And, and this is all speaking to the condition of the church. This is all speaking to where we're at. And so I'm, I want to share this with you to, to make it a matter of prayer. Uh, these things, I believe, the Lord shows us not uh, to make us, us feel guilty, uh, but to help bring us into his perfect will and his perfect plan for us. We're in a very critical time right now and we, I don't believe have much time. So for us to, to be useful instruments to the Lord is very, very important. And I believe these things the Lord is showing me uh, is, is intended to help us all get to that place where we can be useful instruments. All right. So um, the dream I was given last night uh, I was talking to and I, I will unpack the dream as I go so that it, it's clear what this means um, I was 
I was talking to a former boss. Now, now this man, he was the owner and president of an electrical supply company. And this is years ago, years ago in my early 20s. Uh, I worked for him and uh, and he was um, telling me in the dream we were talking about, I don't know, the stores. But in the in the dream, he didn't own an electrical supply store. He owned a gun store. He owned gun shops. And so basically what I was telling him was, I think you should start a, a gun shop down in Florida. Right now, Florida, for me, spiritually speaking, is a place where I began to grow spiritually. Uh, I went to a small Christian college down there, so that's the spiritual significance of Florida. But what he said was, no, he said, I want to start a a store in Arlington, Virginia. And so I just basically started thinking about a gun store in Arlington, Virginia. So as I contemplated the dream, now in, in a dream, a gun is significant in that it is symbolic of a supernatural power that goes beyond ourselves, all right? Now, a knife would be like, a, you know, maybe a lower level of power, hand-to-hand combat, but a gun is a higher level of power. Now, I was offering, now my boss is symbolic of the father, the boss, okay? So I'm offering to help him by getting people ownership of this higher level of power, all right? Now, the, the thing is, I wasn't really sure what, what Arlington, Virginia meant, so I was talking to my husband about it, and we unpacked dreams together sometimes, and, and Alan said, well, Arlington, Virginia is known for where all the soldiers are buried, and then it hit me, oh, Arlington, Virginia is symbolic of the dead church, okay, the soldiers, again, we're, we're back to soldiers, um, now, remember, in the dream I had yes, in the dream I shared yesterday, the soldiers that were coming out onto this stage of life, they had two options. They could either go to the lower bunk and, and be held safe and, and rest and wait, or they were taken out immediately by the enemy. So here again, we have soldiers. And, and the, this is this is a place where I believe in Arlington, Virginia, the father is showing us it's symbolic of a place where a lot of his soldiers have ended up and and the reason i believe is because uh they have not yielded themselves fully to the lord now we know that the church is largely apostate today and many people in the churches are not hearing the truth okay and that brings me to my husband's dream okay so in his dream, he was back in this church in a small town called Reesville Highlands Methodist Church. And he sees uh, this man he knows who is symbolic. His name is Rick of just somebody who preaches the gospel. Rick is, I believe he's actually, um, I believe he is a preacher now. So he's up at the pulpit trying to talk to the people and the people aren't listening. Right. So Rick gets upset. He comes down from the pulpit. He's and then there's a, another man who my husband knows, Bob, and he was kind of chatty and uh, not really listening. To, and Rick was upset because the people weren't hearing him. And Alan said, now there was in the back of this church, he said there was always this one pew where this man, John Davis, would sit. And he's passed away years ago. But John, everybody knew he wasn't saved. And it was just because he didn't feel worthy. Now, he got saved before he died, like three years before he died. But so John, that, that bench symbolized 
the unbelief unbelievers. Okay. And Alan said there was nobody in that pew in the dream. There were no unbelievers in the dream. And all the people who were believers were, they had uh, these mail bins in front of them and they were filled with junk mail, but the newspaper bin was empty. Okay. The newspaper bin was empty. So there was no good news coming to the people. There was, are we okay, Joni? We're not going in and out, are we? We are going in and out, definitely. Are we? So is, can you hear though when I go? Oh, out? definitely. The sound is totally perfect. It's just going in and out like a totally white screen with your picture on it. <laughs> okay. I don't But if everybody's okay with it, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't care it's Skype. Screen. All that matters is that people get the message, okay? This isn't about me. This is totally about Jesus. This is totally about the Father. And coming into that place, church, where um, where we're yielded to him. Because if we're not, we're going to be like what my husband saw in his dream, as, is a fellowship of people who are, you know, sorting through junk, junk mail, and they're mm-hmm. not even hearing the good news. And, and they're not definitely not reaching the lost, okay? And so we, we need to look to the Word of God, which tells us, uh, how we can come into that higher level of power. All right. Now, like I was saying, the guns, th- this is, uh, this is something that I believe the, the Father wants us all to walk in this higher level of power that goes beyond ourselves. But in order for us to receive that kind of power, we have to have the same key that the Apostle Paul had. And I talked about this last week in our discussion, talked about it yesterday, but I don't know that we can talk about it enough. Okay, we we have to recognize that we cannot do this on our own. We are weak. Paul boasted in his weaknesses. He was glad to brag about them because he understood. He understood that the key to receiving that supernatural power from the Lord was found in, in turning away from all of the things that he had accomplished in this world and that he thought uh, at one time in his life made him valuable. And he turned to Jesus alone and, and sought the, the power of God alone in his life. And if we're going to be filled, Joni, with a supernatural power, it can only come to us by a complete humbleness before the Lord like that, where we recognize I am nothing and I can't do anything without Jesus. But with him, with him, I, all things are possible. Right. So now these these dreams, you know, I mean, I believe that the message is clear. And so I just want to encourage you to take these things to the Lord in prayer and ask him for confirmations. As I tell people, don't take my word for it. You've got to go to the word. You've got to go to the Lord. You pray about these things and and you ask him if there's anything in your life that is interfering with the power of God being downloaded into you and, and making you a useful instrument in the kingdom of God. And I, and I assume that everybody wants to be a useful instrument. I'm sure we all want to be a part of what God is doing, but that's the key is wanting to be a part of his plan. All right. And not our own plans and not our own agendas, carrying out the, the will of the father, just like Jesus you know, Jesus said, and I've said this a few times in these past few videos, he, he, Jesus himself said, I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see the Father do. 
we've got to get to that place where that's all that we want to embrace is what we see the father doing and what we hear the father saying. And, and we are going to walk that out in our lives. And I, as I was talking, I was thinking of, uh, of a video. It was a very short video I had listened to one time and it was a man explaining what prayer is about. And he said, you know, prayer is not about us getting from God something that we want. He said, prayer is intended to bring us into alignment with the will of the Father. That's what prayer is intended for. You know, and and in my video yesterday, I shared uh, James chapter 4, where he talks about uh, in those first 10 verses, all the things that people were praying for it. And I mean, he literally refers to the church as adulteresses and murderers and, you know, people who are just trying to get what they want. Right? And and we see that we do see that today in the church a lot. People just going after their own kingdom, trying to build a kingdom to themselves and, and make something happen that they want to see happen. But we have to let all that go. We have to we have to set all that aside if we're going to truly embrace what, what the Father is doing right now in these last hours. And I believe these are the last hours. I don't believe we have very long. As we were talking about earlier, you know, I'm putting together a presentation right now. Um, and, and as it stands, I have four witnesses that are pointing to a certain time period for the beginning of Jacob's trouble. And it's not far it is not far, Joni. We don't have much time. And so the warnings are that much more important. And I'm going to be uh, a tentative plan to interview our friend Marty Breeden, who was given uh, an, an experience. He passed away back in 2015, and the Lord gave him a message. And it is more urgent today than it was then. And I'm planning March 9th tentatively to drive over to Virginia and interview Marty. I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. But I want to bring his testimony uh, to my audience, and, and hopefully they'll share it out, and, and many, many people will get to hear that warning that Jesus gave Marty. And, and, and the Lord is still giving him warnings, dreams. And, well, this is a dream that he was, he was given that he shared with, with you and I, Joni. And I wanted to talk about his dream because uh, – he, he was just given this last Sunday, and I, and I believe it has a lot of spiritual significance, and, uh, and it needs to be heeded. It needs to be heard, and it needs to be heeded. You know, I absolutely agree with that um, about, like, dreams. Like, we'll just say many of us have had dreams. Like, I've had dreams that go all the way back to when I was newly born again as a young teenage girl. And about probably a couple of years into my being born again, I began to have these prophetic dreams of which I saw many of them come to pass. And I'm seeing them as we speak now come to pass, you know. And so the longer they were ago, the more real it is today because mm -hmm. God is, you know, God always warns. Love warns. Okay. And it is true. You know, some people say, well, that's, you know, what I'm, the scripture I'm about to give, which would be, I think, Amos chapter three, verse seven, you know, says the Lord doeth nothing except that he first reveals it unto his servants of prophets. Now, I don't consider myself a prophet, but I do believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
and of that of prophecy. Even Paul the Apostle said, I would that you would prophesy more than that you would speak in tongues, right? And so we do these dreams, which I have said before. I might have said this last time we spoke, but I had said something about dreams are seeing the invisible. Moses endured because for he saw him who was invisible. And I believe we endure because of these dreams that we press on and we're given a vision from heaven, you know. So I'm going to read Marty's dream and then we could discuss it. I think it's so powerful. We've read it before, been mulling over it. So I'm going to go ahead and go. Uh, so here it goes. God has always used tornado dreams to warn me. I haven't had one for many years. I think this is significant. But throughout my life, this has been a consistent theme that the Lord has used to warn me personally and corporately. The accuracy of these dreams has been astonishing to me throughout years. Last night, I saw an amazing sight. It seemed that I was with Georgia and we were on a ministry trip. We were staying with some people that had a beautiful farm in the country. Green rolling hills, beautiful house and barns. Everyone in this area lived in these beautiful homes. As I can recall, one day we were sitting in the house and an alert came. Now, the alert wasn't urgent, just to be on the lookout. As others continued the conversation, I decided to look outside to be safe. I could hardly believe my eyes. I first noticed four large tornadoes barreling toward us. I looked out another window and another multi-tornado group was heading toward us. I looked out yet another tornado and they were barreling toward us. I began to warn everyone in the room that these were all coming and that they were all headed toward us. To my surprise, hardly anyone took this serious. Most of the people continued talking as though nothing was coming. I warned and warned. Then they hit. It was evident from the start that although damage was happening all around us, that we were not going to be harmed. I saw much damage happening outside and roofs being torn off of houses. At one point, my wife was so scared, and I told her not to be, that we would be okay. I recall trying to call my youngest daughter in the midst of this. Even though we have a, have a broken relationship, I was trying to warn her. I realized that I was using a very antiquated phone and a number she would not recognize. Not sure why I was shown this, and I was unable to reach her. In my dream, I continued to see storm after storm, multiple tornado clusters coming toward the house from every window, yet we remained unharmed, although there was destruction all around. At one point, it seemed to me that the tornadoes were never going to stop coming. Finally, I awoke. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. I mean, now let's just talk about it, Joni, because, you know, I believe we both have that the Holy Spirit gives us understanding of dreams. And uh, I, uh, I, the, one of the first things that stands out to me, and it's, it's just a common theme when it comes to these warnings, is that the people aren't listening. I can remember you sharing a warning dream you were given of a tsunami that was coming, remember? And you were yelling at the top of your lungs and the people were not coming in. Yeah. They were just not hearing. And this is this is a problem. 
this is a problem because honestly, I believe the people Marty was yelling to were believers. I believe they were believers that he was trying to, to reach and they were not hearing the warnings. They weren't taking them seriously. And, and, and the way he said the initial uh, alert went out and it wasn't urgent. See, I, I think we may have people in the body of Christ who are sharing, okay, things are coming. It's going to get bad at some point, but you've got this mentality and, and, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the seven mountains. Uh, oh, my gosh. There's a lot of people getting wrapped up in that nonsense. And they believe Jesus can't come back until the church takes control of the banks and the arts and uh, whatever. Government. Seven, the gov- Entertainment. Yeah. yeah all all that. And so I'm afraid they're going to be really, really shocked when that day comes and the church has not taken control of all that. And Jesus comes back anyway. Because that is a false teaching. That's just all that's doing is making putting people into a place of mediocrity where uh, and there's no sense of urgency to get ready or to help other people get ready. That that is a ploy of the adversary. But it I think is it contributes to why people are not hearing the warnings and they may hear them, but they're not taking them seriously or not even giving them it with a sense of urgency. And this is why when I heard Marty's dream, and, and you uh, you were a part of Minute to Midnight when you interviewed uh, Marty for the first time, and as soon as I heard his, his experience and what Jesus said to him, I'm like, I've got to go meet Marty. I have to interview him. And I mean, that's only happened one other time that I went and actually drove somewhere and interviewed somebody because their, their message was so... Uh, urgent and profound, and um, and I and I believe that Marty's is is equally urgent and profound. And so this dream, we've got four tornadoes. Now I believe those tornadoes speak to four different areas, four different fronts. And John Paul Jackson years ago uh, did a a video talking about the perfect storm right now he talked about i think five different fronts that we were going to be impacted by and one was like politics there was religion maybe agricultural issues and like you know food shortages um and, and a couple others and and i believe that's what, what those tornadoes symbolize that there's going to be several fronts the whole house was surrounded with tornadoes and now, does this just mean America? I don't know if it means it's just America or if this is going to be a worldwide type thing. But whatever happens in America, we know eventually affects the whole world. So whether it's just America or not, I mean, this is very serious. And when the roofs were coming off, and I told Marty this, I believe those roofs are symbolic of a covering that we as America have enjoyed for a long time. But when a when a nation goes into sin and rebellion against God, well, one of the things that happens is that his hand gets lifted and the enemy can then come in and wreak havoc. And it's a part of the correction. It's a part of the judgment of that nation. So I, I just I believe that uh, all of that speaks to a warning that people need to get ready now because it's much closer than what anyone thinks. You know, it's interesting how you began with, and I pointed, I mean, I caught on that too about it's a, it's a life as you know it dream, the beginning, right? 
We're out in the beautiful country. Everything's lovely, right? Yeah. Nice weather. Let's go visit some friends. Any other day, normal daily life. And the alert comes, but notice it came to him and to no one else. You know, maybe just because he was the one that had the dream, but he, to me, represents the prepared believer. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because they're like, if he would, I get the feeling that if he would, I mean, it, it really strongly suggests that, and it sets it up like in that picture where he gets mm-hmm. an alert, and then he's like, okay, it's not, nothing's coming, but there's an alert to be ready, because an alert is like, we're getting your attention for a possible event. But notice how fast it came. And even though he warned people, like you said, the people weren't looking. And, you know, um, that thing came, it came in four. And, you know, also, too, which is really good what John Paul Jackson said, because I believe that what he was saying, he was seeing, and it's pretty right on right now, right? Because when you look at politics or religion, look at what it's turned into now. We have a nationalist gospel, okay, because of the new apostolic reformation. I want to talk about that for a minute. So they have a seven mountain mandate where there's seven spheres of influence. Okay. And see what they are. They believe their doctrine is replacement theology, which means the church replaces Israel. So they have taken all of Israel's promises that are future for the millennial kingdom. Okay. And they now appropriate it to themselves. It's ours. And so they believe that they have all power right now to like move mountains basically okay and so those seven mountains are the government uh entertainment education uh churches and uh, whatever you could you know do, you could look it up and it's very easy right. to do that um and in doing that what has happened with uh when Trump was in office is that we saw our gospel take on another there, there really was another gospel, you know, and so it became a NAR gospel. So it's like you said, like we need to take over the government. And until we take over the government, basically the whole world governments and all the different institutions that make up our civilization until mm-hmm. we can conquer that Christ right. cannot come back. And so now you have people that are looking more for the return of a former president to the B president now. Um, to fulfill, and you know, I'm going to say something. I was very highly disturbed, and this, you know, this may not please people. Um, I'm just saying what I saw yesterday. Uh, I I know I sent it to you. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, but I saw a uh, trailer or some kind of a commercial put out about God made Trump. You know, and then it goes through all these different things about why God made Trump. Until it gets to the very climax of it and says, um, the world needed a shepherd. Therefore, God made Trump for all humanity. Or it was something like for all peoples. It, it was something. And I said, the entire thing had a replacement individual. And some people would argue with that. And I would say, you know, when you understand prophecy proper okay i'm not saying i have it perfect but it's pretty basic okay and we're looking at jesus christ coming again number one in the rapture so let's just say even those that don't believe in the rapture 
people that don't believe in it will agree that, yes, we are so close to the second coming of Christ. Why is he coming again? He wants to set up his millennial kingdom of righteousness. Okay. So, so, you know, I want to spring back over, um, to something that, so to just, just to finish up on his dream, um, what was coming, he was given vision of, and a tornado is a destruction. And by the way, I don't know if you're aware of it or anybody else is aware of it, but um, when it talks about tornadoes in Hebrew manuscripts, they consider tornadoes to be the finger of God. Um, and it's many times being referred to as the finger of God in postmodern times. And it's a destroying weapon. And, you know, it talks about Jesus Christ. It talks about destruction. They're called whirlwinds. Like the, there's a whirlwind coming from the south. And so Jesus Christ, when he comes again, he's coming to judge and make war. He's coming as the lion. He's coming again. And, you know, he always works in um, Jesus is working in a way like notice Marty was like my, me and my wife and the people were unharmed. But mm-hmm. the final thing, because I don't want to stay on his dream, because there's other things that we want to talk about, is notice how we said, though those t- four tornadoes came, which I believe four is the number of the earth, right? We have the four rivers of the garden, and we have four horsemen of um, creation. Yeah. Creation and so forth. And you could look at all the number fours, the four seasons and so yeah. forth. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do believe that has to that suggests and seems like it speaks to north south east and west a global uh which we know is a global destruction but our land uh right now our current president is and has turned his back on israel so that's another i just want to mention that we're not going to go into that but we're seeing where our nation has been set up so he said after that he saw a cluster of cluster of them coming when do we ever see a cluster mm-hmm. of tornadoes. So, um, and he said, and he knew it would never end. That speaks to me of revelation because when you're talking about Jacob's trouble happening this year, right? And we know that when that happens, um, and we read the book of revelation, we see that there, it's like all the judgments come in trip hammer blows. They, they're overlapping. Okay, there's not like a pause and okay, okay, except the 30 minutes mm-hmm. in heaven. Um, but they intensify. So notice the intensifying in the stream. And I'll leave mm-hmm. those uh, thoughts to you. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's just a, it's a warning uh, that things are about to get bad. And this is why I was sharing the dreams I shared earlier, because if we're going to if we're going to be hidden and protected in these times, we have to make the preparation now. We have to humble ourselves before the Lord now. We have to yield ourselves to the Father's will now. We have to get ourselves positioned spiritually, emotionally, even physically, all right, for what is coming. And I believe we have a little bit of time left. And so we can be better prepared if we take the time to listen to the warnings, to pray these things through and ask the Father to, to make us ready for them. Uh, but 
and to have the power. See, and, and to me, that's that's one of the most critical things is that we want to walk in that supernatural authority and power right now, because when everybody else starts going crazy because they don't know what to do, when everything around them is falling apart, their foundations are crumbling beneath their feet. That will be our opportunity, church, to reach these souls, the lost for Jesus, in a way we maybe could never do before. Okay. Um, but that said, I, there was one other thing I really wanted to talk about, and this is this is equally important. Where we put our focus is extremely important. John Paul used to say, um, whatever you focus on, you make room for. What you make room for, you magnify. Right now, the enemy is doing everything he can to distract people today. He is doing everything he can to get our eyes over here and over here and off the Lord. All right, and and I'm going to admit there are things that are interesting, things that are fascinating, things that will captivate our our attention, my attention, and. And we might even, you know, say, well, because we're the church, we have to understand what the enemy's doing. We have to always be watching the camp of the enemy. And um, I'm sorry, but you can get off balance that way. And and the enemy can really pull you into a dark place if you're not careful. All right. Not that we don't need to know what the enemy's doing, but we definitely want to keep our focus on the Lord Jesus, on the Father and what he is doing. I'm going to say 95 percent of the time. All right. And I think you would agree with that, Joni. Totally. And, you know, we've we've got all these videos out about these aliens. Okay, these which we've talked about that in our last video about the Nephilim and uh, what they are, where they came from. And and I watch videos and, and I'm actually kind of astounded how people have no knowledge of this whatsoever. And over the years, the Lord has incrementally brought me into a greater and greater understanding of all these things, how they tie together. So as I see this unfolding, I'm kind of like, okay. But other believers, I'm sure, are a little bit shaken by this. And they want answers and they want to know what's going on. And you can get that information presented from a biblical viewpoint. And we talked about that last week. And I highly recommend Chuck Misler. His teachings are extremely sound, and, and his doctrine is, is very biblical. Uh, and we've got Tom Horn, there's Chris Putnam, Steve Quayle, and, and they've all got information on. And, and L.A. Marzoli is continuously putting things out. Uh, but again, even as you go to their sites and you listen to their teachings, you have to be careful. Take a little bit of time to, to search these things out. But the majority of your time you want to spend seeking the Lord in prayer, in his word, and and just being in his presence. Because if you if you start letting the enemy captivate you, even with what he's doing and, and what he's unfolding right before our eyes, he'll use that against you. And 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 again, this is a time for us to be wise, church, with, with very little bit of very little bit of time left. Uh, we have to be wise in how we do everything we do, what we spend our time thinking about, uh, talking about, focusing on, reading. And, and there's, there's a lot of things we can choose from, uh, but I think we just have to stop and, and think about it, pray about it, and just be really careful. I can't agree with you more. 
you know, there is a a life like I, I want to say this in a little kind of thumbnail. Um, I've always been a prayer person. My mother taught me to pray when I was a very little girl from the time I can remember putting my hands together. Um, and so prayer became very natural for me. Um, she's Jewish, you know, and she eventually did get saved, but, um, very later on in her life. Um, but so when I became born again, it was absolutely very natural for me to now know that there was a son, that he was the savior, my savior, savior of the world, you know? And so talking to him, like I said, was natural. So, so, but as I grew up and, you know, went through life, like everybody else doing things, going places, marriage, children, all those things, there was always ongoing prayer. And one day, um, I heard the Holy Spirit say these words to me because prayer is my number one. Well, obviously the word and the prayer go together. They, they just, they must, they, and they do naturally. Okay. But prayer is something that has, uh, something, like I said, it's, uh, it's like breathing to me, you know. But I heard him say one day, there is a prayer life. He said, but there, again, there is a life of prayer. And I heard him say that. So we can, so I understood that prayer, you can have a life of it. Like you could be doing that. Okay. Um, and this is not a gauge for anybody. This is not me in some special seat. I'm just, I'm as low. I'm, I'm like, I'm a blade of grass. Like I know what and who I am. Believe me. Okay. I, I am, I know I'm nothing and I like it, you know. It's, it's, it's a joyful place to be. It really is. But when you have a life of prayer, um, his life enters into it and there is a force of power and he wants to take us into those places of prayer. And it's like there are places only he can take us. And I want to say this in regards to this dream and in regards to you saying we got to stay focused. And there is a difficulty in the focus of it because as Marty's dream was showing, yeah, there's four tornadoes, and I believe he saw four to begin with, because I believe that sets it up to be the whole earth, north, south, east, and west. I believe the clusters that are coming are the ones that will follow that into the earth, because those are destroying winds, okay? And that is meant, to, those are like, it's like death. A destro- those are not just something you go, look, a tornado, we're talking force that can tear roofs off okay and like you talked about taking the roofs off of people well let uh, me just interject one thing yeah. Joni, because i forgot to say this too and, and then this is as important as any of it that that place he was staying he knew he and his wife were safe he knew they were protected and it's important as the body of christ that we remember as long as we are staying hidden in christ right as long as we are staying faithful to the mm-hmm. lord he is going to cover us in these times that are coming that are unpredictable, that we may not know exactly what to do. He will take care of us. Now, his wife was still scared, right? She was scared in the dream, which tells me even a faithful follower of Christ can be shaken by what they're going to see coming. 
but that's where your focus comes in, all right, and, and what you're focusing on. Because if you focus on the troubles, if you focus on the difficulties, you actually magnify them. What you focus on, you make room for. What you make room for, you magnify. So if you focus on Jesus, if you focus on God and his promises, his word, now you're making room for that in your life and you're magnifying the Lord. That's that's how we magnify him is by focusing on him. Absolutely. And, you know, just this morning I was reading in Acts chapter 27 where uh, Paul was in a prisoner ship and I made a note where of the winds and it started mm-hmm. out where they were taking uh, a boat this way to Sanitas and it said, but the wind was contrary to them. And so they were not able to stop there. And then the wind began to pick up and there's all these different winds and it became tempestuous. And then the wind became, then there was a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon and Eurachlodon was a Greek god, a, 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 a marine goddess, some, some sort. I remember doing a uh, study on that, but the point is, is that I look at spiritual winds coming. Okay, we know that Satan sent a wind, right? And so he sent a wind to destroy Job's, the houses that his children were in, and it collapsed, and everybody dies, you know. And so we look through the Bible at tornadoes. I mean, it says he, Jesus will come with the in a whirlwind. He comes with the whirlwind. Um, and it says also in Zechariah 9, I believe it's, um, I believe it's 14. It says, for he shall be seen over them and he shall go forth before them like a whirlwind. Okay. Meaning destruction. Because you mm-hmm. see, Jesus says, I've long time holding my peace. I have been still, but now he said, I will no longer refrain myself. I will arise. And he's talking about going on. I will destroy. So think about what that looks like. And so I believe these, like what you were saying, like Marty being in that place where he was, there was safety. There was people there, too. They were visiting. Right. So they were in that house. Right. But where Marty was, because it wasn't his house, he was visiting friends. But where Mm -hmm. Marty was, everybody was safe. And what does that speak to us? Now, you're talking about focus, staying focused on God. You magnify him in the focus. He enlarges in that focus. And so as I was talking about prayer, prayer really enlarges our borders of heaven around us. Um, Satan cannot penetrate prayer. He can make a noise about it. I like that's what Andrew Murray said. He said, Satan will make a noise about the walls of prayer, but he knows he cannot enter into prayer. He knows that when we go to the Lord and we have his word in us, like what's his name? Um, Paul, I was saying he's in this boat. And the one point I want to bring out is he said this. It all looked grim, like everybody was going to die, all 270 men. And he said he gets up, it's raging, and he stands there. I said, and he stood up and he said to all the men, he said, be of good cheer. None of us will die. He said, the Lord, he said, the angel of the Lord stood by me this night. And he told me, Paul, you must still need to testify of me in Rome. And all those that are with you will be saved. And so 
he stood in the middle of that storm, a death storm, that I'm sure no one would have survived. But he said, see, we read that and we apply that very thing because I believe that word is definitely historical. But that same God is our God. And in the middle of these storms, in that safe house that Marty was in, that he was safe, and like Corey Tenboom say said, um, because somebody had asked her, Where did where do you find is the safest place to be? And she said, Wherever the Lord is. Amen. He's our only safe place. That's it. There is no other safe place. I've said that many times. Praise God. And it is time for us, you know, and I want to encourage people and you want to encourage people. And really, that's why we're here, because, you know, um, we want to encourage people to say, be strong in the Lord, your God, you know, strengthen the weak knees, the, the feeble knees, the weak arms, stand up straight, put your shoulders back, trust the Lord. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Have faith in God. He, he listen, God waits in a storm to show his mighty power. God is not afraid. Jesus isn't afraid. You know, there during times in my life, there, there was a time in my life I was living in some kind of terror. I had such a terrible experience in my life. Experiences and there was I was living in fear, like in total fear. And I remember I said to Jesus, I cried out, I said, Lord, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of everything. But I heard this message come inside of me and I heard this voice say, Yes, but Jesus is not afraid. <laughs> I love that. Hmm. Awesome. And that brought me forever comfort. But he's not afraid. And when mm. I was worried, Jesus isn't worried. And you know what I also believe? I believe that we will absolutely, as it ramps up, because you know Satan's pouring it out. This, this is really his entry into his hour. And so we're seeing the, the whole world meltdown, right? We're seeing things building up in the Middle East and so on. But, you know, when that happens, God has come, makes his power commensurate. And he always, there's nothing that's going to, he's unmatchable. And so really, I know this scripture has to do with the children of Israel. It's in Isaiah chapter 8, I believe, where it says, behold, and this is Jesus, but him speaking, he said, behold me. And the children that thou hast given unto me, for they are for signs and for wonders, you know. And I think, but so are we. You know what I want to say right now? We're heavenly people. We are heavenly people. And when people look at us, they have to know we're heavenly people, that we are in this world, but they're not of it, even if we never speak a word, because we are of heaven. And when we pray, we sojourn in those upper glories of heaven. We are absolutely raised and seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. And as long as you do what he likes and you do what you know he wants you to do, and you know and his word is clear, and you do those things, like the very last words of his mother was, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Those were the last words we heard of his mother that she spoke. And as long as, I, you know, look at what it says in uh, Psalm 37, I believe it starts at 26, 25, 26, 27. But it says, David says, I have been young and now I'm old. And as long as I have lived, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. 
They are always generous and lend freely, and their seed are blessed. See, there is no want to them that fear him. I believe I've seen God do miracles in my life, Melissa, where it was literally out of thin air miracles. No explanation. I believe it. And you know what? When we really, if we could pull back a curtain and we can see the spiritual world, we would see how his angels are all around us and that Satan cannot win. And so we're also here, and I'll say this and let you, uh, you know, because I know I'm kind of talking a bit, but Jesus wants us to be confident in him, you know, because in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children will have a place of refuge. That's what it says. These words are forever. They're eternal. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, re- I really don't have a whole lot more to say, Joni. I will say this one last thing, though. Um, when you said about being fearful and all that, it reminded me of a time early in my walk with the Lord. And I was really, really going through a struggle. And I was fearful. And I, uh, I was just on my way driving to work and I was just in my spirit. I was praying, but it was just me chattering to God about all the stuff I was afraid of. Right. And I see this, this huge billboard over to the right and it, and it has one word written across it. Relax. I knew the Holy Spirit was saying that to me and I'm all I'm all upset I'm like how can I relax I'm like I'm this and that and everything else and I'm you know and I'm upset because he's telling me to relax when I feel like I've got all this stuff I have to do and I, I you know I'm upset and fearful and dreading and he just he said relax relax and I and I think that if you know he were right here which he is he would tell us okay like you said, as long as we're living our lives according to his will, his word, we're taking that time with him in prayer, we're hiding in him, we're staying in Christ. Honestly, I believe we can do that. I believe we can relax in him. All right. In that bunk bed, okay, in that low, the lower bunk where that place of humility, those soldiers were going and they were safe. It speaks to a place of rest. I mean, on a bed. But you also have the covering because... The, the bed above it so you're covered in rest and you're and this is where i believe that the father is calling us to a place of complete and total trust mm-hmm. and rest in him where we can truly relax and just and just stand by and watch what happens i think of psalm 91 um the lord gave me the one scripture from psalm 91 years ago and it says you will only see with your eyes the punishment of the wicked and you know this is what we're seeing Joni I mean the things around us that we're watching unfold this is all part of the the judgment that's coming it's not the tribulation but I mean it's it's a form of judgment that is coming and, it, and I believe a lot of this is intended to get people to wake up before the time of the rapture and, and the time of Jacob's trouble but uh, all of this is it's it's all coming to to a head it's all coming to a head but we can just observe the punishment of the wicked that's going on and remain in an attitude of prayer and in an attitude of trust and rest throughout this process if we choose to we choose to. it's our choice i love that relax 
You know, and he yeah. speaks to us all the time. Like, you know, people go, well, I pray, but I never hear from the Lord. But if you really, like, if you say relax, you know, there's this uh, part of this hymn and it says, um, it is called, this is my father's world, right? That that's him. Yeah. And I love this. And I say it often in prayer in rustling grass. I hear him pass. He speaks unto me every day. You know, and he speaks, you know, in Job, it says, but he does speak in one way, yet another, though man does not perceive it. But, you know, like you, you're frustrated. You're it, maybe not. You didn't say frustrated, but you were fearful. You know, and so much things were happening to you, you know, and you look up and here's these giant words. Right. Relax. And that was the Lord speaking to you. You know, and he speaks any which way he likes in one way. Yet another. That's what it says. That's it. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to let you close and let people know where they can find you. And uh, and then we'll post these videos. So. <laughs> yeah, again, Midnight Hour Oil. Uh, feel free to come by the channel. Check out uh, what the Lord's been showing me. And, and hopefully Joni and I will be able to continue to do these from time to time. I don't know how often we'll do it, you know, every week, every other week as the Lord leads us. But definitely believe this is a season where the Lord has called Joni and I and, and others to work together to encourage the body. There's a lot going on. Um, and I, I am sharing videos, and I know Joni shares uh, what the Lord's giving her. And it's all intended to just encourage and build up the body. Uh, in these critical hours when things are dark and really need the light of the Lord and uh, we need to let our light shine uh, for for everybody around us to see and, and draw as many to the Lord as we can right now. So, uh, yeah, be um, just if you if you want to check out my channel, you know, you're more than welcome. And uh, I just appreciate you having me on, Joni, and the, the time we get to spend just talking about the Lord. It's a blessing. It's a great blessing. Um, I hope to have you on more and more as we go along because, you know, you do your videos, I do mine, and they're specific, right, because they're personal. We're hearing things from the Lord, and it must be that way. But there's something powerful. It says when any two come together, there he is in the midst of them, you know, and God loves to be among his people. So I feel very happy to do this. And um, I'm going to put your the link to your YouTube channel in the description box below to make it easy for people just to hop on and and to make sure to subscribe to you because um, I know the Lord moves through you. It's not I mean, there's very I, I, I don't really listen to anybody's channels, to be honest with you, because I don't, I'm not trying to sound like nobody's worth it. But it's that there's almost none that are authentic anymore. And you could tell. You know, it's that we we hear his, I hear your voice, but I also hear his sound. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Yeah. Well, I also will post uh, a link on in the descript in the description box on my video because I will put this on my channel, and I invite people to come to your channel, which is Joni Stalls Field Notes, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yep. Or that's it. That's yeah, it. <laughs> description box okay so it was a wonderful time the screen is white again but you know what if it did that on and off there was good chunks of it where you could watch uh our faces at the same time but sometimes you never know how sometimes when these process out sometimes they all turn out actually perfect 
and it's surprising, but we're so grateful that the information got out. We, we bless you guys in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, yes. We pray that all these words that were spoken to you today, that the Holy Spirit will um, speak, continue to speak to you and to impress whatever it is that you were meant to hear uh, into yes. your hearts. And Thanks, we God. will see you next time. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. Well, God bless you. Uh, we'll God talk later. <laughs> Sounds All great, right. Bye Jenny. for now. Bye-bye.